welcome to episode 134 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining us on a bit of a historic night here for the podcast, which we'll talk about in just a moment. We got a great show tonight. We're going to be focusing, laser-focused, on the top 10 derby horses by their morning line odds. We're going to go into details on these 10 horses, show some replays. Um, Again, we're going to go approximately one hour this evening. Again, make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. And speaking of subscriptions, I got an announcement to talk about in just a minute. Um, Also, hit that notification bell so you know new content rises. Smash that like button. It'll tell YouTube and viewers this is a great show to watch. You can reach me on Twitter, on my name tag at the bottom there, at H Kravitz. And, of course, on the bottom of the screen, you'll see a scroll with some information, including my email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. I've got a lot to uh, talk about. Let me just talk about a few things very quickly. First thing on the agenda, let's talk about what's happening the rest of this week. So I go ahead and, and share my screen. We'll go full screen here. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow and Thursday. This is Must View podcast on YouTube. If you have any interest at all in the Oaks or the Derby, you got to join us. I think we're going to be presenting the best live podcasts on YouTube and general information about the Derby you can find. Tomorrow, we will exclusively be talking about the Kentucky Oaks Day card with emphasis on the late pick five with a great special guest, Frank Mustari. If you do not know who Frank Mustari is, he is big in the contest world. He's an excellent handicapper. He's one of the best handicappers in the country. He's won many contests and awards. And a surprise guest, I cannot say who. And as I say last night, our co-hosts do not know either. And I still haven't told them. They can verify that. They're going to have to just find out tomorrow. Then, on Thursday, we'll be like a glove covering the entire Kentucky Day card on Saturday, Kentucky Derby Day card, excuse me, Saturday, we're going to focus on the stake races and the late pick five. We're going to give detailed analysis of the Derby itself. And on the show, Thursday, will be the 2021 NHC champion, Justin Mustari. And yes, if that last thing looks familiar, that is the son of Frank Mustari. These are two fantastic people. Cannot wait to have them on the show. In addition... The podcast pool, I've been getting a lot of requests. A lot of people have already signed up. I rattled off a list of names of people that have already signed up for podcast pool four. If you send in money already, you should have gotten, uh, you know, through PayPal, uh, you should have gotten an indication that it was uh, received. So assume that it was. Again, if you want to be part of our Superfected bet, you have to join po- podcast pool number four. You can invest either one, two, three, or four hundred. It's a betting syndicate. Uh, it's mainly pick fives on big days, including pick fives uh, this Saturday that ends in the Derby. And if you are part of the pool, you may also, it's your choice. You don't have to do this. But if you'd also like to invest in the $1 Superfecta on the Derby itself, which is not easy to hit but can be very, very lucrative, you can invest in that with uh, increments of 50, 50, 100, 150, or 200. The deadline for podcast pool number four to send in money and sign up is this Friday, noon Eastern. No exceptions, folks. I have a lot of paperwork I need to do uh, and, and a lot of work to get ready for that. So again, if you want to be a part of podcast pool number four, everything needs to be sent in by 
Friday, noon Eastern, no exceptions. If you have no idea what the podcast pool is, there's details below the video player by clicking show more, or you can email me at, at, at hcravitzhorse at gmail.com, and I will tell you all about um, how it works and details about that as well. Um, let's talk about a few other things real quick. Um, let, 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 let's talk about something I'm very, very uh, proud of very quickly before I bring on um, my co-hosts. And I told one of my co-hosts, I'm going to try not to shed a tear, so bear with me, folks. Um, I started this podcast in late January 2021. Uh, no corporate sponsorship, no real support at all, completely grassroots on my own. I knew nothing about how to run a podcast, the technology, anything. All I had armed with me was a love for horse racing, an ability to teach others. You know, I'm a high school math teacher, for those of you who don't know. And I feel like I can articulate opinions well. And just my love of horse racing. Uh, that's really where I started. And I just want to show everyone uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up. This was, and just very quickly, and feel free to laugh at home, because I know we have a lot of new viewers that are probably new to the podcast. I want to show it very, very quickly. Uh, my very first uh, two minutes of my podcast in January uh, two thousand. 21 I'm, and you actually get to see the reverse view so you'll get to see what i basically see when i look at the screen this is very raw this is again like literally first two minutes of my pod of my very first podcast which by the way you can see if you go down my youtube page i've got all 100 you know what are we up to 134 episodes so let me go ahead and and share my screen i'll put the video i'll just play this just for a minute this was very first uh hhh racing podcast good evening and welcome to howard's horse handicapping youtube channel this is howard kravitz please make sure you subscribe down below if you enjoy what you're watching we're gonna be doing some great handicapping of mainly pick fours and pick fives throughout the country in florida california and new york with emphasis on major stake races so there you go. I was a little, it was a, <laughs> very raw, no intro, no music. It was pretty bland, to be honest. Um, I do have some journalism and broadcasting background, by the way. When I was much younger, I was actually a journalism major. So I, I know my way a little bit around a you know a TV studio. But in terms of running a podcast, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I thought people would sort of get a kick out of that. That was the very first <laughs> the introduction uh, to the HHH Racing Podcast. And here we are. So why do I bring this all this up, ladies and gentlemen? Today was a milestone day. And I want to thank my co-host, Paul Halloran, who's going to be uh, coming on here with Pete Visco in just a minute. So the story is I'm at, I, we had about 900 and, I don't know, 93 subscribers this morning. I was at school doing my work, teaching, etc. And I see that I get, I believe, an email. If I, maybe it was a text. Maybe a text or an email. I can't recall. From Paul saying, uh, you might want to check your... Uh, your YouTube channel, because, ladies and gentlemen, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Yeah, that's right, baby. That's right. Give it a little applause at home. A little applause at home for everyone. There you can see it on the screen right there. 1,000 subscribers. 1,000 subscribers. There we go. Wait, we've got Paul Halloran's holding up a – let me bring on Paul. There we go. <laughs> there you go, Paul. Thanks, Paul. we got the 1,000 – 
Sign, appreciate that, Paul. Uh, listen, uh, it, it's a big deal. It's it's a big deal. Um, let me go back full screen. It's a big deal because it opens up some doors for me on YouTube in a lot of ways in terms of getting sponsorships, advertisements, etc. I have so many people I very briefly uh, want to thank. And I, I, I thank people on um, Twitter about this in no particular order whatsoever. First of all, I want to thank all of you, especially all of you who have been with me from day one or earlier back last year in, in January. You know who you are. There's too many people uh, to mention. Um, specifically, I want to thank my co-hosts who will be coming on in a minute, Paul Halloran and Pete Visco. There's also many viewers who are way back from the beginning. Uh, Jim Pilars in Buffalo, one of those. I also want to thank Kyle Roscoe. Those two gentlemen have been also uh, guest handicappers on my show. Uh, I also want to thank Davey Lane, fantastic guy from Liverpool, UK, who I met through this show and has done a great job. And the last people I want to thank uh, is Peter Thomas Forentel, Matt Bernier, and Nick Tamro. They all are part of the In The Money Media, specifically uh, Peter Thomas Forentel, who uh, I contacted last year in March and said, look, I, I love horse racing. I think I have something to offer your your network. I'm an excellent writer. And he said, fine, when do you want to start? <laughs> and so last year I wrote the Canterbury blog uh, for In The Money Media, and subsequently I was on many of their podcasts and got a lot of exposure, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, a lot of people to thank. I really, from the bottom of my heart, I can't thank you enough. It's not easy to get a thousand subscribers when you're brand new to, to YouTube and nobody knows you. And uh, let's make it 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, folks. Let's just keep growing. We've got a lot of people commenting. Let me check out some comments and then I'll bring on my uh, co-hosts here. Uh, just right from the start here. Jim Pilars, thanks, buddy. Really appreciate it. Dean is here. Uh, Val is here. He's got his pencil uh, sharpened. Jimmy is here. Jimmy's a frequent viewer of the show phil conte thanks phil i mean so many people here uh to uh i wanted to see uh racing downwind thank you very much racing um anyway a lot of people are here stan wow from arkansas what's up stan uh be keen i believe you're new to the show b i've not seen you before thank you very much wow if we can get to fifty thousand, that would be uh, quite amazing brady brady is here brady yes i did meet you at keeneland Along with Dylan, I believe. Brady, great to uh, uh, that you're joining the show. Really appreciate it. Anyway, uh, a lot of people that I uh, could thank. Please send in those comments. Top right-hand corner, ladies and gentlemen. Please make sure. Uh, hold on, I could take some comments down. Top right-hand corner. Please make sure you enter our live chat and give us opinion of anything that we talk about here, including our top uh, 10 derby horses. All right, I think that covers everything that I want to as the intros. Let's bring on my fantastic co-hosts from the East Coast. Here they are. Let's welcome them. Paul Halloran, Pete Visco, gentlemen. It's a historic night. How are we doing? Fantastic. Great. Terrific. And I think that was Pete who emailed you about a thousand pins. Oh, okay, right? sorry about that, Pete. You. My bad. I'll I was live. out busy getting the thousand subscribers. <laughs> 
Listen, I have a lot of minions. You know, people help me on the side. And I always said, but just publicly again, guys, you you two have been big supporters from day one. Uh, Pete, I think I actually indirectly met you through the Matt Bernier show, or I saw you or you saw me. I can't recall how it happened. Yeah, the Friday feature sort of got us both got us both into the – that was my first time was doing those couple podcasts yeah. with Matt. Yeah, and I think we somehow contacted. I was trying to explain it to somebody and couldn't remember, but either way, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And, and, and Paul, you know, and I have not actually met these two guys in person. I cannot wait to meet both these guys in person this summer at the Belmont, I will be there at my first triple crown race ever, or maybe at Saratoga. We'll, we'll see them again. But anyway, thanks guys for all your work and all your uh, future work uh, coming up. So I look forward to it. All right. Enough of the plot. It's we, people want to get out of the handicapping enough of the, enough talk here. Um, let's get uh, a little blurry here. That's uh, okay. It'll, it'll fix itself. All right. Uh, let's get on to the handicapping guys. We're going to be talking about the top 10 uh, derby horses and again it's not my top 10 this is not paul's top 10 this is not pete's top 10 this is the top 10 the lowest odds according to the morning line we talked about the morning line yesterday uh yikes i, I we have some major disagreements with the morning lines but let's jump right in guys let me go ahead and bring up uh the pps here and we'll go ahead and get started uh again any comments top right high side of the screen We'd greatly uh, appreciate it from you. Um, actually, before we talk about this real quick, I want to bring you guys back on. Uh, the weather is, again, it's going to be a major story this weekend. It's a real bummer. Uh, they changed the weather forecast a little bit. Uh, it looks like it's going to be okay tomorrow on Thursday, which is good. The problem is this rain is now being pushed back. I saw Friday 90% of thunderstorms, guys, chance of thunderstorms. Let's just hope it's not like a complete washout kind of day. But if you're handicapping, ladies and gentlemen out there, I would definitely handicap for the slop on Friday and yielding turf. I mean, it's, and it's almost automatic. And, guys, uh, let's just talk about this real quick. Uh, Pete, I'm guessing, and this is purely speculation, there are a few races, I believe, on Friday in the undercar that are not stake races. i got to believe those are going to be taken off. I, yeah, I you, you would think so. Yeah, you would think so. I guess it depends on how the turf looks, but – for sure. I mean, that would make the most sense. You don't want to ruin the ruin them for the later races, the bigger races. And Paul, I don't know how much you watch Churchill in general, but you know they just put a, I don't know, $20 million new turf, turf course, whatever it is. Um, supposedly the drainage is a lot better, but in my experience, Paul, and we'll talk more about this in the next two days, but it's worth talking about real quick now. In my experience with Churchill, the inside of the turf, no bueno when it gets wet. I can remember some Breeders' Cups and other races where it's wet, where these horses are in like the five, six path. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this turf course is handled. Um, Paul, do you, I, I don't know, are they going to have the rails out Friday because of the weather? You'd assume the rails are just going to be down on both days. I, I'm, I'm just speculating. Any guess? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. How it sounds like you know they're only going to run on it when they have to, but obviously they don't want to take stakes off, right? And and I don't know how many there are. There's got to be about what six or seven over the two days. Yeah, I would think. Um, so and not a lot uh, of also el- not a lot of also eligibles for the dirt. So they're they're running the- unless it's on the safe. They're running these races on the turf, right? And and you would yeah. think that you know again with the brand new course they've only they've run exactly what two cards on it, three cards on it as of today. Yeah. So uh, well, actually today they were off the turf and it was muddy. FYI, but anyway, right. right. All so, right, let's get yeah. It's gonna be fast. That, that's something you got everyone at home. You, you got to pay attention to that. All right, let's get jump into the handicapping, guys. And I appreciate everyone's patience. We just had a lot of exciting stuff 
uh, to talk about. I'll, I'll put you guys a little bit on the screen to start with. The first horse we're talking about, these are going to be the 20 to 1 morning, current morning line. Not current, they are the morning line. Again, these are the 20 to 1 morning line horses. So we're going to go in post position order with the 20 to 1 shots. Again, the 20 to 1 shots by post position order. And Paul, since you uh, chimed in to the podcast first, you get to go first. Uh, the first horse we're going to talk about, and I'm going to go full screen, is Smile Happy. I think this horse, Paul, and I'll let you talk first, um, I'm fascinated. I think a lot of people are going to have very strong win uh, opinions both ways on this Kenny McPeak-trained horse. Yeah, he's a definite use underneath for me, Howard. Um, he's he's kind of had a, an odd uh, couple of weeks of training. Uh, had a, a really odd workout the other day, but you know, he's got Corey Lannery. He's going to be closing. Uh, Lannery knows the track. Uh, you, you know, he wants to save every inch of ground. You know, Zandon's going to likely be the favorite. And, you know, he led Zandon to the stretch till Zandon just kind of overpowered him. Second to Epicenter, who's going to be the second choice. Uh, you know, beat a couple of other horses, Classic Causeway, White Abario. Really hasn't done a lot wrong. He's got 294s sitting there. That puts him right in the ballpark. Uh, he, he's uh, he's a run happy who was by Super Saver, who, of course, won the Derby uh, in the rain, if that becomes an issue. So uh, he is a definite use underneath for me. <laughs> Speaking of, there you go, Horsey Dave. This handicap opinion is brought to you by <laughs> Run Happy, who, by the way, I saw at Claiborne pretty recently. Uh, Pete, your opinion on Smile Happy. I agree a little bit with, with Paul there. I think he's done nothing wrong on paper. I guess my only concern, and, and he was the horse that, and, and a lot of other people, I guess he, he came into the year as the as the favorite for the Derby. And like me and some others, you've been a little just underwhelmed where it looks like he maybe hasn't improved much since last year. His figures have gone up once, but, you know, 90 to 94 from year over year. But they didn't take that second big step in the bluegrass. I think he ran a really nice race. But it just wasn't it just wasn't what you'd expect when, from the horse who's been favored in both races was the Kentucky Derby favorite. And he lost to the two potential and most likely Derby favorites. So I think it's just a little underwhelming, but a good horse. So he's one of those who maybe gets a little lost in the shuffle and I think could definitely hit the board. But I don't look at him as much of a win contender anymore as I probably would have going into the Risen Star and actually going into the Bluegrass. And also, the, I'm not a McPeak and Lannery fan, the, the combo. I'm not a big fan of Lannery that much. And McPeak is is over on the year in graded stakes races on the win end. So I just think he's got a lot going against him and maybe just would need to take a huge step up to get back to where people expected him to be. Uh, Paul, and by the way, Paul, probably don't want to come in too closer to the camera than you are right now. No, you were good before. You were good just before then. It's not too close. Uh, we don't. We all. You have a lovely mug, but you know we don't want to. You know, get too close there. Um, Howard, I don't want to see it either. <laughs> Paul, um, best guess post time odds on Smile Happy. I, you know, I agree with Pete about that. He is definitely an underneath play for me, and definitely not a win play. But having said that, and we talked about Derby Day, Kentucky Derby odds being skewed by the. 180,000 on site and millions worldwide who typically don't bet. I'm going to say he's going to be a little lower than that morning odds, uh, morning line if I had a bet. I'm going to put him closer to 15 to 1 than 20. 
Uh, I would agree with that. I think, you know, the whole run happy situation. I do want to show a little bit, and, and we're and again, we're going to go through, through these horses pretty quickly. I do want to show the last race in case you don't remember or saw it. Smile Happy was legitimately wide in this race. This is the bluegrass. He comes out of the tunnel. He was used, early, you know, more than he has been in the past. I think he was forced to do that, guys. Again, he's right here in the in the red and black. He was forced to do that because of the wide post. He was legitimately wide. I'm just gonna. We're not gonna watch the whole race here. This is, of course, won by Zandon. I mean, guys, he is. I mean, that's the four or five path. I mean, that is that is pretty wide. He did lose, you know, quite a bit of ground. Now he's able to, uh, you know, come over. I'm just gonna show a few more seconds here. He was able to get over. Now he's in, you know, let's say the three path. So he was pretty comfortably into the three path. What I don't like about this horse specifically, and we're going to watch the stretch here. He's right here. Um, he, he takes a little bump. I don't like that he switched back to his wrong lead. I know this is a big thing that Matt Bernier talks about. You know, Zandon's about to come over the top here. And you're, you're going to see, I'm just going to let it run. You'll see right about, once he gets past here, it's coming up in just a second. Right, right there. Right there, he's on his wrong lead. I mean, he's really struggling at this point. Uh, for me, that is a major negative, guys. Um, I'm a little worried about the distance with him, to be honest. Um, it, I, I don't know. He's an underneath type for me. I'm going to be using him probably third and fourth. I don't think I'm going to have him in the top two spots, guys. Um, it, it, last question. I'll just go to Pete. Pete, do you is distance a concern or is it just talent? He does have a win over Churchill. He did win last year in the Kentucky Jockey Club grade two. So that is a feather in his cap. Well, how do you feel about the distance with this horse? No, I actually, it's funny. I had the, I missed it, but I had the note that said extra dense, extra distance is a concern for me too. And okay. it, and it's, I don't, I don't know. I mean, run happy has been a little up and down. So in terms of, I mean, he's been a great sire, but I don't know about going super long yet. And this horse just, I don't know. Neither one, neither one gave me a, a big boost of confidence just watching him down the lane. I like what you showed was exactly it, and that comes from maybe being wide, getting tired. You sort of get all a little goofy. You started to stop yeah. doing what you're supposed to do. So it's yeah. definitely a concern, which is why I don't think I would ever have him on the top line, and I don't even think I'm have him on the second line at this point. With you know, subject to change. Um, let me. I'll get right back. I, I listen. If 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 I'm not going to promote myself, no one is, right? Um, I, I showed the race day blog, the race day blog. And again, it, it sounds a bit um, selfish if I just keep, you know, promoting how good it is because I'm the one that's making the picks and I'm, I'm wrong sometimes as well, obviously. Uh, but the race day blog, just for everyone that is not aware of it. Again, you can go on to Patreon, look below the video player. You can find out about it. Has an, has about a four dollar and 40 cent ROI right now. And that's not after like five bets. That's after about I think I'm, I don't have it in front. It's about. 30 picks I've made, including $20 horses, $14 horses. Again, if you belong to the Race Day blog, feel free to, to, to chime in. I know these gentlemen are both part of the Race Day blog. Um, it, it's I, I'm very proud of what I've put out there, and it's very inexpensive. So I highly recommend people check out the Race Day blog. And last thing, guys, I'm putting out two blogs this week, one for Friday, one for Saturday. So I'm going to cover Friday and Saturday, an extra uh, blog this weekend for uh, Oaks Day as well. All right, guys, let's get back to the handicapping. The next horse, and Pete, you're going to go first on this horse, is Crown Pride. Is Davy Lane? Is Davy Lane in the house? It's uh, what time is it? It's uh, I don't know. It's 1:24 in the morning in Liverpool, England. I don't think Davy's watching right now. Um, Crown Pride 
uh, coming from won the UAE Derby uh, during our live show. Uh, I sniffed him out 16 to one. People check it out. I know some people on the show uh, cashed on Crown Pride. Pete, talk about this fascinating Japanese horse. Will do. By the way, Jared Bush, thanks for the thanks for the shout out in the chat. I missed that before. Absolutely. So sorry, Paul, for for taking this one away. I know you like to I know you like to go with the <laughs> with the overseas the overseas bombers here, but I actually like Crown Pride. And again, I'm not sure what the heck that would even be based on, aside from just watching the UAE Derby, listening to all the works, watching some of the works, and, and just listening to the buzz that's been rising around this horse. And then I was watching so the race two back where the only thing that sort of, you know, no pun intended because it was on a muddy track, but muddied up his form. He actually got super pinched back and was in dead last. Yeah. It was a muddy track and it just he got taken out of the race. And it just like I see the note that said it had no excuses. Like the person who wrote that, obviously, I don't think watched the race, but the I just no. think this horse, it, you know, he comes home, comes home strong. He's. You know, he's gotten the distance. I mean, he ran twice at a mile and an eighth, once at a mile and three sixteenths. And the Japanese horses have just been killing it all over the world in these big races. So, I mean, just on I don't want to be beat by the first Japanese horse to hit the board. I think yeah. he's going to definitely be on my ticket. I'm not sure how high, at least third and fourth for now. I considered second, but we'll we'll see how the, the rest of the week goes before I, I make that decision. I was just trying to find the U. I, I was going to show the UAE Derby. That's why I switched back. But it's oh not sure. On. No, that's okay. We're, we're not going to be able to show it. Uh, um, uh, oh, real this... quick, he has a he has a bad Tomlinson rating, and and the one bad race was on the mud. So if it does come up sloppy for some reason, just want to make sure we mention that because we again we don't know a ton okay. about the horse otherwise. Well, I think the bad. I think the bad. Well, I mean, he only lost by three lengths. To a nice horse, and he ran a nice race. He he was he was definitely yeah. closing at the end. You could I, just tell the break just took it all out of him. Yeah, I I I, I respect the Tomlinson. I'm not sure that. Well, we'll we'll just have to see. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the race two starts back. The reason why he finished six was not because of the mud. In my yeah, in don't my hold opinion. that against him. Just wanted to make sure we mentioned yeah. it so people look at it. No, no, thank you, Pete, for sure. Paul, I know you have a thing for some of these uh, foreign invaders. Um, Japanese have done well. Lonnie is a horse that's come to mind who finished, I believe, third in the Belmont in the creator. I don't know. the, I can't recall the year, but the Japanese have sent over a few horses and they are, you know, doing better in these races. And in terms of worldwide, they have been absolutely killing it. Yeah. And I think that's why uh, he, uh, people are fancy to him a little bit, Howard, you know, they won, Two in the Breeders' Cup, obviously, uh, and then five, I believe, on the Saudi Cup Day, and then this guy in the UAE Derby. Um, I, you know, I, ironically, I'm going to be playing the the the, the uh, Dubai horse on Friday, uh, the American horse from Dubai on Friday. Um, but you know, this guy. The one thing I will say for this horse that they did a very smart thing is he's been at Churchill Downs for more than a month. So that kind of takes away, takes some of the nonsense uh, out of play. Uh, the distance should not be a concern. You know, he opened no. up, they, they ran him a mile and an eighth in his first start. So that's, that's what they think about the distance. He's got I a think big he stride. Has, He's got a big stride, I, no question about I, it. I think he has the potential to be right there. And I think he has the potential to be very far back going into the first turn. Oh. Wow. Okay. I was actually thinking the opposite. Um, 
Hey, wait, Howard uh, saw a Dean in the comment. Uh, the, yeah. the, the switch to Lamar at Jock too is pretty yeah. big. I mean, he's he's much more experienced. He won't come over here and sort of be shocked by the whole thing. I think he's got enough worldwide experience to to be able to at least handle this a little bit. Uh, let me get to the point of how I feel about Crown Pride. I I would be quite surprised if he's in the top two. I am using him in the super. I respect the connections. I like his stride. I think distance is no issue. My well, I have two concerns. One is, I mean, this is just a whole new ball game for this horse. Obviously, I guess it's the whole new ball game for everyone. Um, I think he's going to be mid pack because I think he's got, you know, I think he's got some tactical speed. And by the way. Um, he got that 104 time form rating. I've heard the buyer was somewhere around 92. And I also want to say in that last race, for those of you not familiar with the UAE Derby, um, he was three wide the whole way on a track that was favoring the inside, number one. Uh, and number two, they were going pretty fast in that race, and he was up fairly close to a fast pace. So um, he had a little bit of lead switch issue in the stretch, but I thought he ran pretty darn well. I have a hard time believing he's going to win this thing or come even in second, in my opinion. Um, I think he's going to take some sneaky money. I'm using him underneath. I know our friend Davey Lane has a future bet on the horse of like 35 or 40 to one or something. So after one, the UA Derby fascinating horse. We'll see what happens. Let's go on to the next horse. Uh, here's a horse that I am definitely interested in, especially underneath. And I get to go first. Let's talk about charge it. Uh, charge it is one of the pleasure runners. Let's talk. Uh, he ran the floor Derby. And again, Let's very quickly bring up the end of the Florida Derby. He lost to White Abario. I actually liked him quite a bit in this day. Uh, we'll watch the beginning and the end. He's the sixth in this race, guys. He breaks okay, not great. And that, by the way, for the Kentucky Derby, he's got to figure that out. What I like a lot about this horse is, first of all, for the first time, he takes a lot of dirt. He's eating a lot of dirt right here. He's in behind horses. He's in a comfortable spot. But this is the first time I know for a fact that he took a lot of dirt. Uh, let's go to the stretch run. You see, he's about to, he's right here. He's about to come over the top. Now we talked about it in the show, he's right here. He switches leads fine right there. But I think when, when they go his right hand, you see he lugs in and then he's gonna, he, he's, he's still lugging in right there. I don't know why the jock went right-handed. I think that cost him the race. I talked about it live and he couldn't quite get to White Abario. But listen, if you like White Abario, and I know some people do, I don't see how you can't like charge it. And I'm just amazed by people who say, well, charge it is not mature enough. He's not as good as white of barrio. I mean, is it, I think he's actually more talented than the white of barrio. The question is, can he put it together? He is a little bit slow right now. I love his post. I think he's improving. I do not have him on the wind end. I'm probably going to have him in second, third and fourth. Paul Halloran, how do you feel about charge it? I think he has a very good shot in the Travers, mm. which I will see. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I think he's a very talented horse. You know, if this were three or four or five years ago, we'd be talking about Apollo because he did not race at age yeah. two. But yeah. uh, that seems to have uh, gone by the wayside. Although I do think it's a factor with this horse. Um, not so much the only three starts and – you know, you you showed that stretch run, Howard. Yeah, Robert Witt, you are correct. That was the name of a major league pitcher from Canton, Mass, by the way, Bobby Witt, pitcher <laughs> yes, of the Texas absolutely. Rangers. Yes. Um, nice right hand. I think I think that was as much a case of him just being green in his in his third start of his career. Yeah. 
and I that's why you know I mentioned the Travis because I think he's going to get better and better. You know, the thing about Saturday, you got to remember, it's not just the twenty horses; it's the hundred seventy thousand people on track, and we don't know how any of them are going to react. But that's that's exactly know, what Tom he, just said, Paul. It's great. You guys were just in line with what I was saying. Absolutely. Yeah, but, mean, but they all, but none of these horses have seen one hundred seventy thousand. I mean, that's correct. But being a tappet makes him even yeah. more qualified to be yeah. freaky. Okay, because the tappets sometimes uh, are a little freaky uh, on a a calm, serene morning at Saratoga <laughs> with no one around. So, uh, again, I, I agree with you, Howard. I, I'm going to use him underneath. Uh, I think a lot would have to go right for him. I like Louis Saez uh, a lot. Uh, so uh, I think that's uh, – he knows the horse. He's ridden him in every start. I, I really – I think that's a plus. His numbers, you know, he leveled off. He's, he's, he's back-to-back 93s. You got to think he, if he moves forward – you know, what's it going to take to win this race? Is something in the low hundreds, maybe? So uh, yep. he's a use for me. Yep. Yeah, he, I mean, he has paired up buyer tops. And by the way, I hear he's working fantastically. Paul, I know you watch a lot. of. You've been watching more works than I have, Paul. Um, I don't, any quick uh, point about his works before we get Pete's uh, thoughts? Uh, th- yeah, there was one work. He worked with Pioneer Medina, who's in the field. He, he outworked that horse. They went uh, 47-3 and three for four. Galloped out 59 and four, which is a good gallop out for five furlongs and out six furlongs and one twelve and three. So pretty good. That was a pretty good steady work. Pete, your thoughts on charge it. I think I'm closer to where you might be, Howard. I, I think I like this horse. I, again, I don't know. I, it might be a little too green, a little too much for the win line. But I think from second and down, I'm starting to like this horse more and more. I think the works the work show that he's just getting sharper it's Pletcher. So Pletcher knows how to get these horses ready when they need to be. I think the, I agreed with you and I really like white Abario, but I think charge it with a clean run and not being green at least makes that a, a, you know, a nose to a head kind of race, whichever way it goes. So I'm with this horse more on the, I, I think I'm with you more on this horse is a contender. Again, I don't know if he's up to the level of the top ones yet, but maybe will be down the road, definitely bred for the distance. So that should be no trouble at all. So uh, I think it's definitely a use for sure. I mean, you know, Subberknife was all goofy and shit also, and he put it together. I mean, these are teenagers, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not telling you guys, Paul and Pete, but just people at home. These are basically, and I I did, so I actually did some research because I own two horses and I was curious when they, when they turned three years old on January 1st, they are, they are 13 years old. That That is the general – you guys – people can look this up. So basically, they're, they're, these are high school kids. These are younger high school kids. And if you have teenagers at home or you work with teenagers like me, you know on a dime they could change. And so, you know, this horse can absolutely, in my mind, put it together, run 101 buyer, and be right there. I don't think he can win. I think he's fascinating. Just my opinion. We'll see what happens. Let's go on to the next horse, guys. This is another horse that I really – I've gone back and, forth, back and forth a lot. And, Paul, I think you are uh, up – let's say one, two – so I want to be consistent. One, two, three. Yeah, Paul, you're up first on, on simplification. Um, simplification is not simple for me. I, I, what's your feeling on this horse, Paul? Boy, Howard, I, I, I am exactly where you are. It depends on not only what day it is, what time of day. Um, <laughs> I – I, I came out of the fountain of youth thinking he was pretty impressive. 
I saw the Florida Derby and I said, oh, the horse is never going to get the distance. He ran really lousy. But then, you know, you go back and watch it and realize, you know, he, he had to stretch out another eighth like they all did. Um, I think it might be a little bit better than on paper. And I think Jose, if I remember right, I think Jose moved uh, a little early, much earlier in that race, certainly than he did in the Fountain of Youth. Um I guess it depends on how you feel about that race, right? If you think the Florida Derby, which has traditionally been the most productive prep over the last many years, was a good race, then this horse is in the picture. Vale Place doesn't think so, and he could very well be right. Um, if you don't think the Florida Derby was that strong, then the three of them, you know, you're thinking none is going to win this race. So I am going to keep them underneath only because – Upon further review, as they say in the NFL, um, I, I think the Florida Derby is a little better than what it looks. Uh, am I confident he can get a mile and a quarter? No, but we'll see. Pete? So I'm trying to remember. So we, I know we did a pod where we gave our early – derby picks and simplification at that point was my top pick and the thing that i liked the most about him and it's actually happened in pretty much all three of his last three races i should say all the three prep races was that he's he's been able to overcome tough trips to run pretty well and my thought was in the derby that would come in handy because you generally don't get a great trip now the issue was i hated the ride by Ortiz in the Florida Derby. It made no sense to me why he was up near the pace. I thought he looked a lot better to back coming off, even though it might've been by accident, but I thought he just looked better. So I feel like if they go back to that style, this horse will have a better shot. Now, again, I do think the distance potentially could be a concern. You can't, it's hard to tell with him watching him run, but I also just like, I like the fight. I like the fact that he can be tactical, but he's shown that he could also sit, back a little bit further because I don't think he's going to be up near the pace. A couple questions for me. Sano is 0 for 14 wins in grade ones and one for 47 in graded stakes. So, you know, you know, a relatively inexperienced trainer on this stage is always tough. Apparently simplification is really goofy and quirky and gets worked up. Again, you keep talking about the 180,000 people. This may not be a horse. He might be the kind of horse that gets all heated up and, and jacked up and then it, it screws him when the when the gates open. So I think he's got enough question marks to where he wouldn't be on my top line. But if he runs a good race and finishes again underneath, which unfortunately we keep saying that for a lot of these horses, yeah. I think he's I mean, I think he's going to all the ones today feel like they would be on my ticket. So he's another one that I think would be on my ticket. Just need to figure out where definitely third and fourth, just because I don't want to get beat by this horse because I like them so much coming out of the fountain of youth. Uh, based on this co uh, conversation, everyone at home, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or uh, Anchor later, you better start joining our podcast pool because <laughs> based on what we're talking about, we might need ten grand to put in the super because <laughs> everyone could hit the board. Um, a few things about simplification that those uh, my wonderful co-hosts didn't mention. First of all, he's been working very well in Florida, and the last work was on the mud, and I heard he worked very well and galloped out well uh, also, number one. Uh, number two, I agree with Pete completely. The last race, I don't know why he was up close. I think he's going to be better laying off it, which is one of the there's, – so there's two reasons why I like this horse right there. One, I, he was improving before his last race uh, with a 96 buyer, two back in the Fountain of Youth. And two, I think he's going to sit a little bit off it. So I'm using this horse for sure. Not on top, 
Mm, probably not second, but definitely underneath third and fourth. I think I think simplification is interesting here. And by the way, I think I think and let me bring these guys back. My my gut feeling is because of the last effort and the lower buyer, he's actually going to float up. I think you're going to get twenty plus twenty one plus on this horse. I know he's twenty one morning line, but I actually think we're you're going to get odds higher than twenty one on simplification. I mean, there, there's guys, there's twenty horses. I mean, there's only so, the money can only go around so many places. Paul looks like you want to comment on that. Yeah, one thing it just occurred to me, Pete, about that last race. You know, I think point wise, he had to be okay, right, with a second in the Holy Bull and winning he the was. Fountain of Youth. He was. Yeah. Yes. So you know, sometimes you know, when a if a horse needs to finish first or second or even third, they're going to play it safe and make sure they get the points. You know, maybe they rode him different. Uh, maybe they made that kind of rolling move just to see uh, how that would work. Uh, I, I that's based on pure speculation, but it's just that the ride was so markedly different from the previous two. And the other thing about him, Howard, you comment on the work. He's had three good works in a row in Florida. Um, the last one, he went five furlongs in a minute and two, and he yeah. galloped out all the way out a mile and a quarter, which is yeah, like two, fa- two ten or something. Un- I heard right. He went like two fa- ten or something. Fa- fairly unheard of. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, someone commented, I think it was uh, one of the morning guys, he does have uh, his knee action is a little high, uh, which yeah. would uh, maybe we see him on turf uh, down the line. But, yeah. uh, you know, he he could be fit. You know, Sano did have Gunavera, who didn't win, right, but was around in the, I think, two Breeders' Cup classics, right, finished yeah. uh, second. In, I think he finished second in one of them to uh, Accelerator, if I'm not mistaken. Because uh, I, I didn't have him. Well, well, I think he was what two for 165 or whatever. That horse, he never won. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just, never won. Yeah. He won a lot of. He won. I think this horse is better than Gunavera, by the way. I, I, I yeah. Do. So you know, the, as I said at the very beginning, Howard, when I started, very mixed reviews. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on, guys. That was the. So that was the first four. And again, thanks for joining the show. Uh, I'm the host Howard Kravitz, along with my wonderful co-host Paul Halloran. At Pete Visco, this is episode 134 of the HHH Racing Podcast, going through the lowest odds, uh, the lowest 10 odds for the Kentucky Derby Moyne Line horses. We are now going to shift to the only 12 to 1 horse, the only 12 to 1 Moyne Line horse uh, here in the Derby, and this horse is absolutely fascinating. Taba. A complete freakazoid in his first two starts with a 103 and 102 buyer, previously trained by Bob Baffert. If you ask some people, probably still basically trained by Bob Baffert. Uh, Pete, your thoughts on this fascinating runner? Ah, who the heck knows, Howard? So my, I think my immediate thoughts are this horse could be a monster. So if if you leave him off your ticket, you're give you're 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 running the risk of saying, oh my God, I can't believe I left off a monster who popped 200 buyers in his first two races, won a grade one in his second start off a maiden. And I'm, and he's a gun runner. So, you know, he can, you know, the distance should be a problem. He's $1.7 million. So you're like, I can't believe I left this horse off at, I don't think he's going to be 12, but whatever odds he winds up going off at it, it'll just feel crazy after the fact. But I mean, if you watch that last race, I just think he was better than Messier and I, and a lot of people like Messier a little bit. He just looks like a freak. And I know you and I talked about him before his maiden race a little bit. So I just think he's one of those that, 
you don't really know this is going to be a big change. It's 20 horses now. He's running against, you know, six and seven horse fields where he's by far the best. So I don't know if you want to talk through the, the no, replay you can first. Go ahead, Pete. Messi, Messi is about to take over and Tyba comes over the top. Yeah, I mean, I think he, I mean, I think everyone's probably seen this race and he just looks really strong. And and it looks like Messier, I think, might have been in that in that Paul Halloran, what he talked about before, about maybe he didn't necessarily need the race and and he didn't he wasn't fully cranked. But I I think Taba just outran him at that point. Now he's also there's only three horses in this race that have cracked the hundred buyer, and these are two of them. So that's another one where you know, just on pure talent, he's there. The distance, again, shouldn't be an issue by any stretch. One question, the 12 hole, the 12 hole has not been good. It's had since 2013, only one 12 horse has run fourth, and that's the only one that's been in the in the super. But if this one's a monster, like some people believe could be, then these kind of horses can overcome all of that external stuff. Um, Paul, we, we've all been around the game a long time, but of the three of us, you've been – you have the most access in the past to trainers and jockeys and, and owners and connections, which is a, a great asset to this show. Um, we have not seen too many horses like this in their second start win a grade one. Actually, against the advisement of, of uh, I believe, Baffert, or at least some of the connections. Yes, that's um, right. I, you know, horse racing, let me let's put us on screen here. Horse racing, and Matt Bernier talked about this on the show very accurately. Horse racing has changed a lot. Not, not in the last 80 years, not in the last 40 years, in the last 10 to 15 years, 20 years. I mean, so the fact that this horse is only has two lifetime starts, uh, how much do you take, you know, does, do you need that two-year-old foundation that's been talked about for years? Maybe it just doesn't matter with this horse, Paul. Well, there's a lot to there's a lot to swallow there, Howard. Yeah, you are right. Uh, uh, they didn't. Uh, the owner insisted on running them, and when you pay a million seven uh, for yeah. a horse, the, the 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 people who we should tip our hats to, whoever they are, Hartley Dorenzo Thoroughbreds bought this horse as a yearling for a hundred and forty thousand dollars, and sold him as a two year old for one point seven million dollars. <laughs> So that's who should be your co-hosts, Howard. Hartley, Dorenzo, Thoroughbreds. They're obviously <laughs> much smarter than um, Everything tells you that it's too much too soon. Um, six furlongs on March 5th, and he's going to go uh, 10 furlongs on May 7th, almost exactly two months later. However, it's ba- it, basically it's justify except accelerated by one start, right? Justify had three, he's had two. Uh, I will say this, uh, you know, the other factor is obviously shipping for the first time. He went to the track today and, you know, he didn't do much, obviously, but it was wet. He looked like he got over it fine. I will tell you the progeny of Gunrunner on wet dirt win at a 35, 35% clip. Wow. So if it does come up wet, that's not going to bother him. I believe and, this ties for the highest Tomlinson along with someone else at 480. Again, that's this number up here. If you uh, folks at home are not familiar with the uh, Tomlinson, that number at the top there, right underneath uh, in his lifetime standings. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like him more tonight than I did 24 hours ago. Uh, okay. And the other thing I would say is 
I came out of the center either. I, I do like Messier a little better, though. Uh, and, and I agree with Pete. I think Tabor did run better. But I think Messier um, might be ridden a little differently this time. But, um, you know, I, as I say, he has is, he is started to grow on me. And if he's going to be 12 to 1, then I'm going to look at him differently <laughs> than if he's going to be 5 to 1. Howard's how here comes Howard's nightly Mike Pataglia bashing session. I can listen. I got no problem with. I, he's a lovely man. He's been doing it for years. Forty I something mean, years. Go ahead, Howard. Forty years. Go ahead. Paul. Paul, come on. Twelve to one. Seriously, this horse is going to be. I'll, I'll say. I'm going to say. I mean, seven is a weird number. I, I, I'm going to say eight to one. Yeah, I, I think maybe six. He could be half of the morning line. He could be. Um. You know, I've gone back and forth this horse in terms of on top. I mean, he's an obvious use in the Superfecta. I've decided that I'm going to use him on top in the, our Superfecta. Uh, if this horse wins and I don't use the fastest horse in this race, I'm a complete freaking idiot. I mean, I, I understand he's only had two starts. And I know Messi maybe wasn't cranked up last time. But, I mean, he switched leads on cue. He just looked unbelievable he looks like a serious athlete i think he'd probably get in and out of holes if he needs to he's got a great post he's got mike smith i mean how do i not use this horse on top i understand people that won't do it i think that's thinking thinking in my opinion i think if i don't use him you're just trying to get too cute that that's just my opinion I mean, he's the fastest horse in this race he's done nothing wrong his works by the way have not been spectacular but i've heard from day one he's not a crazy good workhorse for whatever yeah, his work at so. Santa Anita last weekend uh, was unimpressive. He worked with a maiden claiming yeah. winner and had to be urged a little uh, to gallop out. But, you know, the other the other thing, Howard, and I talked about this, I think, last night. I'm a big fan of everything going according to plan in order to win the Derby. Yeah. This horse missed a work back whenever it was a few weeks ago. You know, the yeah. story now is, well, we were only going to work him once in between the Santa Anita <laughs> Derby. And I think that story became the story when he missed the work. Uh, so foundation-wise, I'll tell you, to Pete's point, if he wins this race, he is more than a freak. And how would I look at him in the opposite of almost ever, every other horse we talked about tonight? I think he's going to be win, win, or be up the track. I don't – honestly, I think yeah. – He's either going to be there right in the thick of things, you know, maybe second, I guess. But I think he's either going to be right there at the line or you're not going to find him. By the way, I just want to mention, we have a record number of people watching this podcast in the history of the podcast right now. We've got 135 people watching. That's just on YouTube. That does not. There you go, Paul. Please subscribe. He's got the 1,000 subscriber up. Uh, that does not include people watching on other platforms, including Twitter. There could be a thousand people watching on Twitter right now through the link that I sent out. So thank you so much, everyone that's watching the show. Hope you uh, appreciate the info that we're giving. All right, let's move on, guys. This is another horse. Boy, Todd Pletcher is just got screwed again with the inside horse. Um, I believe is it me? I think I'm first uh, uh, coming up here. Yep. Uh, one two. Yeah. One two three. Yeah. This is me. Um, Mo Donegal. Mo Donegal is very talented. I really like this horse a lot. I could not believe I got two to one in the wood. I made a big bet on him in, in a contest and a few other things. Um, I love what he did in the wood. However, 
I have a few misgivings about O'Donagle. Uh, and by the way, I'm probably going to have him on the win line. Number one, uh, he seems to be a bit one pace to me, guys. He does not, he seems to be a lumbering type. I don't know if he's really, really athletic. In other words, I think he's more of a locomotive. I think once he gets going downhill, I'm not sure he's a stop and start kind of horse, guys. Um, he doesn't have that like explosive move. He's got more of like that steady, big, late move, but I'm not so sure he can get in and out of spots. That's one concern. The second concern, he's got the rail. We've talked about that a lot yesterday. Uh, I, I know that the gate has changed and we, we talked about that. For those that didn't, let me go ahead and bring that up because I think it's fascinating. For those that didn't see the show last night, Paul Haller and I talked about this quite a bit. You see, this is the current starting gate of where it is now in the last few years. And it used to be, if you guys can see my, um, if you basically take the rail and you go straight down the rail where this gentleman is right now, if you can see my cursor, that's where the one hole used to be. I mean, it used to be a death sentence. It is legitimately moved out a good 10 feet. And so you see where the one breaks now. In fact, this is last year. I believe this is last year. This is known agenda right here. Um, it might be a few, two years ago. I'm not sure. Anyway, you can see that Mo Donegal, you will not have any problem with the rail. The problem he's going to have, though, as I take this off, is horses are going to be coming down on him from the outside for sure, and he's going to take a lot of dirt. I'm going to use Mo Donegal on top. I think he's the second best closer in this race after Zandon, but I still have some misgivings. Uh, Paul, your opinion on Mo Donegal? Well, I said it last night. Uh, of of the contenders, if someone had to draw the one and still have a fighting chance, I, I think it's him because of his style. I I kind of think he. I, I I hear what you're saying about him being a little, uh, you know, a one one run type of horse, which yeah. used to be really good in the Derby when they were pace meltdowns. Yeah. But uh, now uh, not so good. You know, he got a great ride from Rosario last time. He did find his way through, uh, as you know, Howard, having bet him. He had to thread the needle once or twice last time. It, it got a little sticky there. Um, Do you really think that was straight the needle, Paul? I don't mean to push back on you, but, I, I mean, I, I don't think it was that tight a spot. Should we bring it up? Well, yeah, we'll let's take a look. It was a long time ago, Howard. You're, you're talking about the last – you're talking about the wood, right? The wood, Yeah. Yeah, let's talk. I, I seem to, re, to remember him getting a a very good rider on the far turn. But go ahead, you see. can talk it through. He's right here. I mean, he got a dream trip, as far as I'm concerned. But he go got ahead. a good trip, right? But go ahead, we can talk about it. Um, this is you, know, you see him coming in the Donegal silks. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, so he he saves here, and there's the question right now: Is he going to have a place to go? And the horse just outside of him kind of does him a favor by drifting out a little bit. So that's a pretty yeah, I big guess, hole there. In my, just yeah, it was a big. Opinion. It was a big needle. It was a big needle. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, and he and he runs down a horse early voting that I think is probably going to be a player in the Preakness. I think I might have been using him um, had he had uh, Klarovich and Chad Brown opted to go here. So th that's a it's a pretty good horse he ran down. I think, Howard, you're a math teacher. I think this is a math equation. Is he going to be behind too many horses to get there at the wire? Yeah, yeah. I I just – well, Pete, go ahead. What's your feeling on Modonigo, Pete? 
I mean, I'm a little bit with both of you. I think if he obviously the one hole is generally a death sentence. We talked about it last night that I thought that this was the one of the horses who was a contender who the one hole maybe wasn't. Now, again, never ideal, but I didn't think it was a death sentence. He's not it's not enough for him to completely get tossed off the tickets like you would some years. But the with the one hole, I think if he's if Irad's patient and sort of hopes that as these horses tire a bit and maybe they do drift, maybe they drift a little bit out as well. And the rail does open instead of him trying to, like you said, he's a little lumbering. So instead of him trying to be on the rail, most of the race kick between horses, swing outside and then come down the middle. Maybe if he gets that ground saving trip, like the looking at Lee trip, somebody mentioned that last night, I think That's if he gets call. that sort of trip, yeah, I mean, his late punch, I mean, he's the only one in all the mile and an eighth, and up or in the mile and an eighth prep races. He's the only one who busted a, a sub 12. There it is. Final Tom. eighth. Great. Oh, there you Tom. go. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, Tom Starzynski. Fantastic uh, comment there, Tom. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, that's the only one. So if this horse does get any sort of momentum, he's going to be rolling. I guess it just depends on two things. One, how far are the horses who got a better trip going to be ahead of him? Yeah. And will he get that trip? Now, those are two big things. Hopefully, Irad learned. We talked about this again during the post position conversation. <laughs> Hopefully, Irad learned a little bit from last year being on known agenda. So I don't think because I think this uh, we I think this for Mo, Mo Donegal and Zandon are I think this is a bit exaggerated. I think there may be hopefully would be more ahead of the 5, 14, 20 or in that range than I think maybe we're OK. Yeah, I brought this up last night, guys. This is the time form pace projector. And for those of you who are not familiar, where my arrow is, the right side of the screen are the leaders. And the left side of the screen are the, are the trailing horses. If, if Zandon and Mo Donegal are, are back here, um, they, they're going to have trouble. And I talked about this last night, guys. I firmly believe um, that that's incorrect with Zandon. I would not be surprised if Mo Donegal's that far back. And I think Mo Donegal, guys, is going to be making that last run. Like if someone wins the Derby making that very last run, I think Zanon's going to get the jump on Mo Donegal. It's going to come down to trip and find the hole. But when you got to pass 17, 18 horses, I don't care how good you are. That is a tough task. That being said, I do think it's going to set up for him in terms of a possible pace meltdown. In my opinion, I'm using him. All right. By the way, he's, ten, he's 10 to one morning line, guys. He's 10 to one morning line. Uh, Paul, go ahead. We're going to move on to the next horse. I was going to say, Pete, don't you think you, if you're Irad, you almost have to just stay on the rail and hope that something opens? Because you so, said, right? I mean, and, either, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. Screw it. But, yeah, you give it a shot. And either you try and yeah. win it or you don't. And I don't yeah. know. I mean, again, unless you're in last, then you're going to swing wide. I mean, you either way, you're either way, you're killing yourself. You can't do both. Huh? You can't be that far back and lose ground. You can't okay, have both. Let, let me do, and I love to have people comment on this. Here's what I would do. And again, you guys could be completely right. For me, the chance of this is a horse that is not a stop and start horse. Like I said, in my opinion, what do I see? He, he, he can't get through holes. He's going to save ground on the first turn, right? I mean, he's going to save ground on the first turn. To me, if you're the connections of this horse, save ground on the first turn. Go eight to ten wide if you have to, and give the source a chance. Because if he comes up the inside, and gets stopped at all, he is completely screwed. So I hear what you're saying. I don't say it's bad strategy. If I am giving directions to Irad, I tell him save ground, tip out of the back stretch, and just as a locomotive, go make that huge, wide, big move and try to sustain the run. 
th that's what I would do. Um, but anyway, we'll see. Comment below, you know, the video player. Comment in the chat. If you own the source, the connections, would you want Irad to try to thread the needle on the inside like Paul and Peter suggesting? Or should he just go, you know, very wide and maybe get a cleaner run? It's a fascinating argument. I don't think either argument is, is right or wrong. Uh, White Abario, uh, I believe, Paul, you're next. We already showed his win in the Florida Derby. Very honest horse. For Safi Joseph, who just won the riding title, excuse me, the riding title, the training title at Gulfstream this year. Another horse, maybe he's underrated. I think he might slip through the cracks and be higher odds than perhaps he should be. He's done absolutely nothing wrong his last two starts. Again, bargain basement, $7,500 yearling, Howard. You're a horse owner now. You could have afforded this horse as a yearling, and you could be going to Churchill Downs on Saturday in the owner's box. Churchill would charge you a lot more to sit than you would have paid for him as a yearling. Um, I think we're right back to the referendum on the Florida Derby that we talked about with charging. Uh, I, I really think it's that simple. I agree. He really hasn't done anything wrong. He has a respectable race at Churchill, although he was beaten soundly by Smile Happy and Classic Causeway, who are both in the race. Uh, that's the only time he's been beaten. Tyler Gaffleone, I believe, has won perhaps the last four Churchill riding titles or something along yeah. those lines. So he's yeah. in very, very good hands. I'm a big Tyler Gaffleone fan, dirt, turf, short, long. Uh, so I think he's in good hands there. Uh, Safi Joseph is uh, it's a great story, right? He came from Barbados. He came over here with dreams of competing in these kind of races, and uh, here he is. So uh, I also agree with you on the odds, Howard. I, I think he'll be all of the 10 to 1. Um, you know, again, uh, yet another mixed review horse for me. I have, I have a stable of them. It's quite a confounding derby, I'll give you that. Uh, Pete White Barrio, can Safi Joseph win his first Kentucky Derby? I mean, I think he's got a shot. This is this is one of my favorite horses in the race, just not in terms of winning the race, just in terms of the horse that I enjoy and I I enjoy watching him. He's you he's, just like I, the Grays, don't you? you I like love the Grays. grays. Yeah, I got <laughs> I, have a, I have a couple on the wall back there, so it's pretty obvious. <laughs> I've got a few. I've got a few here. <laughs> oh, I have I've a ton a of those. Here. That's why I take them all <laughs> off now. That's why. Yeah, Where did all I of go? Us. Where did they go? The Ball <laughs> Brotherhood here, but the. This horse, like if you look at him, some people will say, oh, well, he always, you know, he's, he's got a good trip the last two. So they use that as a knock. But this is the kind of horse that seems to make his own trip. And I was actually listening to, to Safi on an interview with PTF on one of the In the Money Media pods. And he was talking about the same thing. He's like, that's not a knock. This horse just is he's tactical enough. He knows when to speed up and he can speed up when he needs to in order to get the position to put himself in in the race. Now, whether he's going to get this distance it's a question for me i'm not 100 percent sure i mean looking at his you know tap it and into mischief i mean there's nothing wrong there for sure but here's the damn pete uh, catching diamonds was yeah really, they're just really didn't do too much they're, there wasn't um, much i mean it's only white of barrio look at, really we, yeah we'll look at the family tree go ahead yeah grand yeah. breeze the grand dam was a sprinter on the dam side and the second family second family on the male side not a lot of distance here. Not a ton. Not a ton. No. That's why I'm, I'm questioning the distance. But if this horse is one that knows how to run in spurts, conserve energy, and get a clean trip, maybe he'll have something left. I, I, I can't decide on him on the top line, but he's he's a second and below horse for me, at least at this point. Now, okay. I do think as far as the odds go, I think charge it because charge it is getting – 
you know, he looks like he has more upside. He looks like the distance will be better. And he's been working great, even though White Barrio has been working fantastic as well. But Charge, it seems to be getting a lot of buzz. I could see Charge it being lower than White Barrio, and oh, I, for sure, right? I mean, well, not all for sure. Not for sure, but I mean, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a bold line. statement. I think to to say that horse might just take money because if you watch that last race, it looks like yeah. he could have got to him. So my, my whole thing with him is just, I'm, I'm not sure about the top spot because of the distance. Yeah. The three hole or not the three hole, the um, 15, the 15 hole has three wins since 2013. So the 15 has been a successful, a successful trip. Um, and especially better now that Paul talked about yesterday without sort of the, you know, maybe now it's, if he, if he works a clean trip, which he's good at doing, the 15 isn't a, isn't a bad way, a bad place to be. I think this horse could be in the mix. And if he wanted, I'd sort of be happy. I, I'd be mad if I don't put him on top, but you know, we'll see. Definitely underneath though, for sure. Um, by the way, I, and let me, let me go full screen. You guys see this Tomlinson only 294 in the distance. A, yep. I, now a lot of these horses are not bred to go a mile and a quarter. He is one of the lower uh, Tomlinson's for distance. And, I don't know about dosage. I don't know if people even really look at that anymore. That's a whole other discussion. I don't want to get into that. So I don't know what he, he is on the dosage number. But um, I'll be very brief on White Barrio. I don't really know why, guys. I'm just against this horse. I, I, I think the main reason I'm against this horse is that he's gotten two perfect trips. Perfect trips. The Holy Bowl, he was just sitting off a horse and won. And the Florida Derby, he was just in the three-path comfortably and won. He's a nice horse. I have nothing against Gaffleon or Safi. Um, I'm not using him on top. I don't think I'm going to use him in second either. I think he'll be an underneath third or fourth for me. I just, I don't know. Um, I think if if Chargent was a little more experienced, he wins. I don't think there's as much love on White Barrio. And I agree with some of the people in the comments that the Florida horses just might be a step below, even though I like Chargent. But again, I think Chargent's got a lot more upside. So you can't just say, Howard, how can you like charge it? Because he's coming from Florida. To me, he's got a lot more upside. Anyway, I'm a little bit against White Barrio. Let's move on, guys. It is five after nine Eastern Standard Time, and we still have three more horses to talk about. Pete, you're going to go first. We are now going to talk about the only, and again, we're just going down by odds, guys. We're going to talk about the only eight to one morning line horse in the race, and that is the formerly trained Bob Baffert's Messier, who we've already mentioned on this show. Um, I think it's the six. There he is. Uh, Messier, uh, who really has run two very nice buyers in his last two, completely freaked in the Beverly Lewis with a 103 buyer. Uh, just went to, you know, from the rail and just won easily, but that was actually a weak field. And then, of course, lost to Tabot and Santa Anita Derby. Uh, Pete, what do you do with Messier? I'm trying to figure that out still. I was having a text discussion about that horse today where as I was looking at him, I was sort of cooling a little bit. Whereas before I had him on the top line, now I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere balancing between the first and second line. I think this horse going into the Santa Anita Derby, if he runs and wins that race, he's potentially the favorite in this race with as much buzz as he was getting, or at least he's going to be pretty close to it. Now you're getting him at eight. Maybe he wasn't cranked up as much for that last one. A couple questions I have though is the, well, first of all, he also was only one to have a, you know, you see the 99 there, but he's the only one of the three who topped a hundred buyer, which, which says something. But the question I have is, 
he's got two losses out of his last three and both of them where he sort of got caught down the lane. And again, whether he was cranked up or not, that's a, that's a whole different story, but he still got passed in the lane and couldn't hold. Now, if he was the, if he was the authentic uh, Medina spirit where he was the horse who I thought could just get on the lead and shake loose, then maybe I could see it where he could back it down. Velasquez is great at that. I'm not sure he's going to get the lead. I don't think he's as fast as say classic Causeway, who's going to have to gun it. And even um, summer in tomorrow, who's going to also most likely have to gun it. So I don't think he's going to be on the lead. So with that running style, I don't know. I mean, he did it. If you look at the Bob Hope, maybe that's going to be sort of the, the trip he's going to get this time. So I do want to just show the start. Messi got an underratedly bad start. He's the four. He does stutter step. I think it's important to watch. He's usually a good breaker, by the way. You see, he sort of took that little stutter step. And I mean, look how much further, you know, Tabas ahead of him at the start. And of course, this is um, Forbidden Kingdom. He's in between horses here, Paul. And he's got to rush up to hold his – I don't say rush up, but he did, he had to be used here to hold his position. This is a bit of an uncomfortable spot. I just wanted to show that. I'm not going to give an opinion on that. I just think it's worth showing. Uh, Paul, your opinion on Messier? Uh, he is – he's in uh, – kind of with Pete. Uh, he's on my – he's a B right now, but he could end up an A. I think he's going to get a good trip. I think he's tactical. I don't think he has to be on the lead. I heard someone say on one of the uh, other 10 million podcasts I've listened to in the last few weeks. I, I like to evaluate the competition, Howard. Okay. Um, how, 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 uh, do we, that, how do we fare, Paul? Oh, we're tremendous. Oh, uh, I, I completely agree with you there. <laughs> um, that he may very well be on the lead on the far turn. I think Johnny V rode that last race. Uh, I, I don't frankly think anyone expected Taba to do what Taba did. I think Johnny thought he was just making a winning move there on the far turn. And, uh, you know, he, he got nabbed by Taba. Um, and how the NHL playoffs started, he's a Canadian bred, only the 13th Canadian bred to run in the race named for yeah. one of the greatest talking players of all time. Absolutely. Uh, Victory Gallup, of course, ran second in the race. He was probably the best Canadian bred to run in it. Uh, you know, Johnny V, you know, one thing about Messi, if you're betting them, you're going to get about two spots higher on the odds than if Baffert was still training him. Because people would look at this Baffert Johnny V and say, "Oh, he's authentic again," you know. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, uh, Vale Place, thanks for the shout out for our podcast. And I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Paul, but I just want to say this also to everyone. I'm glad you actually mentioned other podcasts, Paul, because people have a lot of choices that are watching tonight. They're all a million different opinions. I tweeted this out. Everyone and their mother has an opinion on the Derby. I would just recommend, first of all, again, thank you so much for choosing the HHH Racing Podcast as one of the podcasts um, that you viewers and listeners are choosing, number one. Number two, I think there is, you know, you can you can hear so much too much noise. I think that's very, you know, uh, that's something that's underrated and handicapping. So I would highly recommend everyone out there uh, to, you know, listen to one, two, three people at the most, and then, of course, listen to yourself and make a judgment. The, the more podcasts you listen to, six, seven, eight, now you're getting these different opinions, you start changing your mind. I would focus on one or two podcasts, a few people you really trust. Obviously, we're one of those, so thank you very much, and just go for it. Uh, Paul, go ahead and finish what you were saying. Well, I would say, Howard, if they're going to listen to three people, it would be Howard, Pete, and Paul. 
I mean, that's it. There you go. <laughs> that's uh, Pete, uh, that's... Uh, yeah, Pete Messier. What do you do with this horse? I mean, again, I, like I said, I, I think oh, did you all, did you go first? I did. Yeah, I did. I, actually <laughs> I did. I, I just, I just, I just said how wonderful we, we are. We now I'm easily rewind. Back to my, uh, geez, as far as I know, my memory is not so good because I could probably say something completely opposite right now. So I right. probably throw <laughs> it out. Right. Let, let me, yeah. we, we still have, we still have two more horses. To talk Can I just about say something? one thing? Is the last thing? It'll be real quick. Is the six yeah, yeah, hole yeah. is the second worst post position historically of all of them means nothing potentially, but just okay. another, again, I like the data points. They don't win for a reason. Yeah. But isn't like the seven and eight real good. Like I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not throwing shade at you, Pete. I'm just, no, no, I don't care. I mean, I I, that, again, I I'm not, I'm not making I, a decision based on that, but right. somebody else might. So I actually love the six hole for the, I think that's a perfect spot for this horse. Um, I was planning on going against this horse guys. I like about a week or two ago, I'm starting to change my mind. This horse has been, and, and by the way, um, who I think Jim said it, this horse has got like Medina Spirit written all over it. And 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 Medina, Medina Spirit fucked me last year. I don't want to get into the controversy. I mean, the horse ran, a, you can't take away from the horse. It's Johnny V again, basically with a Pletcher horse. The fact that he regressed a little last time means zero to me, guys. He was already in the Derby. Uh, so Val Place mentioned maybe he wrapped up late. I don't know about wrapping up. But I don't think he was like all out late. He had, that was a two month break between the the you know, Beverly Lewis and the San Diego Derby. My only concern with this horse is I don't think he's getting the lead, guys. I don't think he's getting the lead. Can he lay off the pace and win? And I say lay off, I don't mean like six lanes back. I mean, is can he pass horses when it matters? That's my only issue with this horse. Other than that, I like this horse. I'm absolutely using him on top 100%. I am not going to let this kind of horse beat me again. Hey, Harry, right. can I just say one quick thing? So Real you're talking quick, about him. Pat, we yeah, got to yeah. move on to the last he, two. Go ahead. He, he has passed horses, but they're generally ones that are sort of fraudulent speed. So yeah. in, at least the last one was, and I mean, he beat but, Forbidden Kingdom back in that Bob Hope, but that was at seven furlongs, so it doesn't necessarily. I'm saying going two turns, can he do No, it? no, I yeah, agree. That's what I'm saying. He's, yeah. he's maybe done it in the past, but it's a lot different chasing horses going this distance that might, you know, depending on who's up there, that might he might be going after a horse that's equally as talented as he is and can Paul? run the distance as well. Paul, do you agree with Horsey Dave's comment at the bottom, Paul? Um, no. Uh, I think, first of all, Howard, I also don't think he is going to be on the lead. I don't think he needs it. However, if Forbidden Kingdom were in this race, despite the classic causeways and the summer is tomorrow, Forbidden Kingdom people were talking about as like, you know, the fastest horse since Pegasus. He would have been a... a a candidate to go to the lead. This guy was a was not too far off him, right? So I, I no, think he, this, this guy is fa- he's fast. I think he's pretty tactical. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be in the mix. I really do. He's also by Empire Maker. I mean, so you would think. I know he didn't get the distance like, again. Before we talk about the last two, I just as a as a experienced handicapper with some success, I just want to explain to everyone out there. You can't base your handicapping off the last race. You got to go back. This is not just for the Derby. You guys know that on my screen here. You, you, you got to go back two, three, four. You got to do your research. You got to do your homework. If you want to base it on the last race, then maybe you can say you can't th- get the distance or he's not good enough. He ran a 103 before. Now I know he, he had, he had, you know, he had the best of it, but again, 
I could be completely wrong about Messier. Maybe people in the comments are right that, you know, he can't get the distance. He's going to fold like a tent and finish eighth. Very possible. I just, again, people do your own homework, do your research. Don't just look at the last race. It's the biggest fallacy in horse racing when people, you know, base too much of their opinion on the last race. All right, guys, we got two more horses to talk about. Let's get to it. Uh, these are the two morning line favorites, according to wonderful morning line maker Mike Pataglia. Um, I don't know who goes first. I think it's UP. I'll just have you go first, Pete. I can't keep track of it anymore. Um, <laughs> Epicenter, selfishly for me, would be a very nice score in a future bet uh, for the Derby. I mean, not life-changing, but it would be a nice score. Uh, he's 7-2 morning line. Uh, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. He's been getting a lot of buzz really since day one. Really nice horse. As Asmussen, Pete, tried to get his first Derby win. Yeah, 0 for 23 for the for the listeners who don't know the stat. So, again, not sure what that means, but it's still something to consider. He does have the the nice Tomlinson there, by the way, just so we don't forget to mention it. If it does come up wet, he does have a, a, a win over an off track. But, I I mean, this is a horse. I don't, I, I don't really know how you don't use him. I mean, if he's got three starts this year, he goes from 88, 98, 102. He's done pretty much nothing wrong. That first race was, you know, he sort of set a hot pace. It was the you know, first race of the year, got caught, but then just improved off of that, has beaten other horses in the race, which when we go back to Messier, the only horse Messier has beaten that's in this race is Happy Jack. Epicenter has at least knocked heads with some good horses, has oh, yeah. gone a mile in three sixteenths impressively. Um He's got Rosario, who obviously knows how to be. He, he knows how to get a horse position. He knows how to be tactical. This horse doesn't need to be on the lead, has been on the lead. I don't think he will here, but he should sit in sort of that second group right off. And if nothing else, should get first run at the what I we anticipate being dying speed. So he's the, the success of the, the Louisiana Derby replay. Just yep. getting a beautiful uh, ride here by Rosario. I mean, look, I mean, well, yeah, again, it's one of those where you're getting perfect position. And do you, do you use that as a knock? I know you talk about it where you talk about trip handicapping the other way where maybe you got a perfect trip. So you don't necessarily look you look at that race in a different perspective. But look, he swings wide. He does what he's supposed to do. And he pretty much buries these horses. So, I, I mean, he's just a horse that I, I just don't know how you leave him off the top line if you're doing multiples on top, like if you're talking verticals, you're talking pick yeah. fives, you're talking horizontals. If you're trying to whittle it down to one winner, of course you can throw him out from that, but I don't understand how you can, how you can leave him off. Another thing, the only bad thing, the three hole isn't the best. It hasn't hit the super since 2013. Again, I didn't look back to see which, who all the horses were and whether they should have been good or shouldn't have been good. But anything inside has a potential. Anything from four in has the potential for trouble. And this horse, the yeah. one thing he hasn't done, as you see on the screen there, he's never been worse than third. So if he's a little bit farther back, if he gets shuffled a little bit, if um, now you're talking if he's eighth, ninth, tenth, something – maybe he has to get used to get into position and then we see maybe something negative happens from there. But on the face of it, he's got to be a must use. By the way, the only uh, race uh, derby prep that was more than a mile and eight, this was a mile and three sixteens yep. and it's a long stretch at fairgrounds. Very, that's why a lot of trainers like to go to fairgrounds for these derby preps because it's somewhat similar to Churchill. Uh, and by the way, record track, uh, track record time Val place was uh, correct. And he blew by, Pioneer Medina, who someone 
has second in this derby. We talked about that last yesterday and Zozos. Uh, Paul, Epicenter, I, I, there's really not too much to add. This is just a very nice horse. Very good horse. Done nothing wrong. Um, they took him back for a reason last time. I, I, I yeah. think they anticipated he probably wouldn't be on the lead here. You know, if you listen to Asterson, I don't think he was thrilled with the three. Uh, what he said was this kind of forces him to break. Yeah. And he usually does break, but, you know, there's certainly less margin for error on the break if you're that far down inside. So Asterson certainly would much rather have seen this horse further outside. Um, but, you know, I, I'm with Pete. You, you can't, you know, he, he's an A. I mean, it's you really don't have to think too much about it, right? If you're playing A, B, C, uh, he's he's an A, and you know that's it's that simple. And Howard, you want to you you mentioned your future on Epicenter. How about this future exact a box? You ready? Zandon, Epicenter, and Simplification. Whoa! I'm assuming pool that's number, yours, huh? Pool number four. Wow! Nice. You- you want to you want to say it's somewhere what what you're in line for approximately or you'd rather not say? Uh, I, I have a small ticket. It's only a five dollar box, but the lowest two dollar payoff is uh, epicenter to simplification, which is three twenty four. And uh, the wow. highest, the highest, which we could maybe see is Zandon simplification, a thousand and twenty five for two dollars. Yeah, take that. Listen, so. that is not out of the realm of possibility at all. By the it's way, it, uh, Pete, it Dean, I, I started to cover you, but uh, uh, Pete got some love from Dean G there as <laughs> Mr. Statman. Um, Thanks, Dean. I, I don't have much to add. Like I said, I have 50 bucks on Epicenter at 24 to 1 in, in Future Derby. I think it was Pool 3 or 2. I can't remember. So I'm in line for 1,200 with this horse. I have nothing to add. I think he's very good. If, I, if, if people keep telling me that, this horse can't win because Aspen hasn't won. I'm going to punch someone in the face. Oh, it's, just a, it's just, just a ridiculous. So Chad can't win either. So Zanon can't win because they're going to run been... one two. Those two are going to run one two. They might. Just it's just such a. That. It's such a silly comment to me. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful to people, but that's just. It's, he what look, looking at, at like you know Lee Finch second. I mean he's he's run he. Aspen has has the most wins of any trainer in the history of the sport. If you're trying to tell me that he's not capable of training a horse for the to win the Derby, it's absolutely ridiculous. I just want to say one more thing, and then we're going to get on to Zandon here. I do have a major concern, and that is summer is tomorrow. Right outside of him is is fast, and like you said, Paul Zandon or sorry, Epicenter, you know, might get pinched. He might. I don't know. I'm going to leave this last question to Pete, and I'd love to hear comments right now in the chat. Pete, in your opinion. Is Rosario going to gun, like really be aggressive, or is he just going to let the horse naturally go out and then read the break? Maybe it's just best for Rosario just to gun and take his chances. It's not what I would do, but would I be shocked if he's used hard early to get the lead? No. Your opinions, Pete, on the first 10 seconds out of the gate for Epicenter. No, I think that's a I think that's a 50-50 proposition. The good thing for him is the one and the two have no speed. So he's definitely beaten them out of the gate. So again, even if summer tomorrow flanks him now, again, it depends who else is coming over. 
I don't know about gun because I think that's just a, it's a weird term because you're going to say, do I use them too early and then run the risk of, of not having them that last eighth of a mile, that last 16th of a mile. It's such a tough decision. Rosario has been known to do some funky rides. He's a great rider when he wants to be. I mean, I would, I would almost say you have to judge it out of the gate a little bit. I mean, maybe you have a plan going in, but if you, if you see them coming, you have to use your speed, which he has. So he's in a good position because he can do it. He can, he can break. And again, he can get himself in a spot, by the way, Jim Jim Pilar is just in case you missed it. He's got a nice, uh, exact future exacta. That's a, that could be a monster. By the way, Trish Smith, I just want to respond to Trish's, uh, Comment, Trish, we're going to talk about betting propositions the next two days. I don't want to get into that right now. There are many great bets. I have I have, I have, have pictures I'm going to show. I got information, Trish Smith, about that. We'll talk about that the next two nights because we're getting late here uh, tonight. Uh, and uh, we, we'll talk about betting the next two nights. Um, I, I think, by the way, uh, I think Rosario is just going to let the horse naturally break. And I think if he gets the same trip he got in the Louisiana Derby, th- that would be just fine with the connections. I don't think... I think it'd be a mistake, frankly, to like use him too hard early just to try to lead in this race. I think that'd be a mistake. In my yeah, opinion. you're trying to. He's trying to win this race. He's a win he contender. Needs, like, he's the, tra- all, he, the, he the always the always dreaming yeah. trip, right? The always dreaming yeah. trip, as I think would be perfect for him. Agreed. All right, guys. Last horse, and again, thanks for everyone watching tonight. Here he is, Zandon, um, and I'm going to go first with this horse because I am still upset with myself from December. I saw this horse break his maiden. I really liked what I saw, and I swear on both my parents' grave that I meant to bet this horse in pool one at like 80 to one, and I just flat out forgot. It was The pool ended at like 5.30 Chicago time, and before I looked at my watch, it was like six. I'm like, damn, I didn't bet Zandon. Now look, I wasn't going to put my whole life savings on this horse. I probably would have put $100 on this horse and would be in line for like eight grand, which is no, no short change there. So I'm very pissed at myself, but I'm going to move on from that. Instead, I've got $500 on when he was eight. Guys, he was 18 to one before the bluegrass. Remember, pools, was it six? Pool six, whatever the number is. The last pool, they closed it before those last preps, which I thought was a great idea. And Zen was 18 to one before the bluegrass. I put 50 bucks on him, um, or actually, I think 30 bucks, whatever. Who cares? I'm in line for a little score with Zandon. Um, I love this horse. I love everything about this horse. Uh, he's the best. Well, he's one of the best athletes in this race. And I have to show, I'll tell you the one spot guys that convinced me and people can laugh at me if they want. That's fine. We talked about the difference between Mo Donegal and Zandon. And to me, this is a major difference in my opinion. When Zandon made this move, and I'm, let's see if I can find the move. It's right here. Okay. First of all, First of all, he's right here, but he got shuffled. He's the four horse, okay? He's right. Uh, I want to go a little further back. We have to watch this in it. I believe he's right here, guys. You see the two? Uh, yeah, I believe he's just on the outside of the two. He gets shuffled. Actually, sorry, he's right here. Excuse me. He's right here. You know, mid-pack towards. He gets shuffled back. He wanted to be, like, sort of up here. He gets shuffled back, which you would say normally that's not a good thing. If you like Zandon right here, you couldn't be too happy. Let me move forward a little bit. That was me. That That was me, Howard. (laughs) Yeah. The move that he makes coming up here on the turn is what convinces me he's a derby horse. Because in the derby, you've got to weave through horses. 
you got to find holes. He's still in hand right here. I mean, he's not – Pratt is not asking him, guys. Now he shakes the reins a little bit. And this move coming up right in about two seconds, right where he's got to split and show right, right there, yeah. where he splits and bullies his way through, right there. I've watched – I've been watching replays for 25 years, guys. That is a very underrated, nice move. I'm going to show one more time, and then we'll move on. Right here, where he bowls his way, he accelerates. This is acceleration. It's hard to quicken on dirt. He quickens. He absolutely, we know what happens. I mean, guys, he's just getting his, aren't his engines just revving up right there? I mean, he's just getting started. So I thought that was perhaps, in my opinion, the best derby prep of anyone. He's super talented. My only concern is the start. Now, I got screwed last year because I didn't pay enough attention, guys, to how these horses start. Here he was a few starts back in the Remsen. He's the seven. Uh, We're just going to show the start. Watch the seven. This is Zandon. Okay, not a a perfect start. I think we'd all agree with that, right? A stutter step slow. Okay, fine. No problem. Let's let's watch his next race. Um, Hold on. Give me one second as I switch. Okay, we're, we're going to watch the fairground race here. Um, give me a second as I go back. Um, whoops, sorry, guys. Uh, Karen! Maybe we won't <laughs> show it. Uh, that's okay. We're not going to – we get the point. My point is – here we go. My point is that in, in the bluegrass, he wasn't perfect out of the gate. My, my point here, guys, is he's not been perfect out of the gate. And if he gets shuffled back a little bit, like remember what happened to Essential Quality last year, that could really hurt him. So I obviously will be laser-focused on Zandon the first two seconds because I'm using him very strongly in the Superfecta. Um, I don't think he'll be as far back if he breaks. I think he is the most likely horse to finish in the top four, in my opinion. Um, however, I'll say I hate the odds, the morning line odds. I think he should be 9-2. to two. I won't touch him on the win end at anything less than nine to two. Um, Pete, we'll let you go first. Thoughts on Zan and the last horse we're talking about tonight. I agree with pretty much everything that you said, aside from the fact that obviously Chad Brown can't win on dirt. Cause what is he? Oh, for six. So he'll never exactly. win either. So you might as well throw him out, but exactly. I agree with everything you said. I mean, I think the only key, so you showed that replay, which was a fantastic move. And I agree with this, probably the best, probably the best performance in a, in a prep race. The only issue is in the Derby, sometimes when that happens and you're getting your, and you're trying to hit that seam, the horses in front of you are dying. So you got to hope that yeah. you still, because he potentially could, if he doesn't break well, or just from the nature that he's not super speedy and he's got to, he's got to navigate a bunch more horses than he did in that one. That yeah, would be the, the only concern. No, he, oh, he's, I'm sorry. He's the four. No, no. This is the blue again. Doesn't break. You know, okay, but not not great. And, and Paul, that can make a huge difference. I mean, especially I think. Let's see, who's in the eleven hole? Who's out? Uh, Pioneer of Medina. Pioneer Medina, yeah. Pioneer Medina who, to go. Who, who breaks well and figures to go. So, Paul, I'm sure you agree with what we're saying. He's talented. I, I'm a, the only concern I have is the start. Paul, do you feel real strongly about the source also? I feel very strongly uh, to go with my exacta box in pool four. I did. I'm not a big future player, uh, but I did make a small win bet on him. He was 22 to one in pool four, Howard. Uh, he, so I uh, do that. Uh, you showed the bluegrass, Howard. I know you just came back. 
I love everything about Keeneland. I can't wait to go there. However, I just want to make it clear. There is never, ever, ever a good reason to use all one color saddle cloths. Okay. <laughs> it is screwing wait. the viewer. It is screwing the better. I don't, don't talk about sponsors. Keeneland prints money. There is never a good reason to use one color saddle cloth. Okay. I, I, I have to push back on one thing because I tweeted this out. Right. What, uh, hold it's on. okay to be wrong. It's a free country. No, no. Actually, Paul, I think you might agree with this. Wait, wait till I have to say. When I was there for this race, it was military. That Sunday, the next day, was Military Appreciation Day. You know when they bring out the flag and yeah. they have the soldiers come out. They ran a race where all the horses had camouflage saddle cloth to to honor the military. You're not going to go against the military, are you? <laughs> all right, once, once. They also ran, and, and not only do they do it, uh, they do it in stakes races. They, yeah. they had some cards late, you know, where they don't have a stakes race. They had a <laughs> right. Sunday where there was an allowance race that happened to be the, quote, feature that they always it, it really pisses me off. Yeah, and, no, no, I, I, just, I, I digress. I'm just having some fun with I you. Digress. I totally, totally 100% agree with you. I just thought it was but cool. Zandon, the, all camo, uh, the all camo thing I thought was pretty cool. But in general, yeah, I completely I had a, same as you, Howard, I had my eye on him early. He was one of the horses. As they say, I'm not a big future player but um you know i'd love to see chad brown win it uh chad is a guy who you know has this label that he is a, he is the best turf trainer but you know he did win a race called the preakness uh <laughs> which i think was run on dirt uh to my knowledge uh i think he's as good as there is uh you know in my business i think over the last five years he's really evolved uh you know, I, I think early on, uh, he had a lot of success early. He may have been a little bit aloof when it come, came to talking and dealing with uh, the pain in the ass media that we all are. Uh, I find him to be great to talk to. I've talked to him after many stakes races at Saratoga because he's usually in the winner's circle after a stakes race. So uh, I'm rooting for the, I'm all in rooting for this horse and uh, I would love to see him do it. And, uh, you know, uh, I think if we're going to depend on the trip, Howard, right now, no one is riding better than Flavian Pratt. So I'll take my chances. No. And by the way, the Flavian Irad throwdowns we're going to see in New York, we, we already saw one last weekend, is going to be awesome. Guys, as we wrap up the show here again, thanks to everyone uh, for joining us tonight. Tomorrow night, I cannot wait for the next. Again, Paul, yeah, keep subscribing. Listen, a 1,000 is not nearly enough, guys. Please tell your friends, neighbors, anyone, just subscribe to the channel. Thanks for that shout-out, Paul. Again, I think we're putting great product out there. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about Kentucky Oaks Day with Frank Mustari and a surprise guest. And then Thursday, again, same time, same bat station, the Kentucky Derby Day Stakes Late Pick 5 with the 2021 NHC champion, uh, Justin Mustari. Uh, let me go ahead and take this off the screen. Paul and Pete, really appreciate you guys this evening once again. Hope all of you enjoyed watching uh, tonight's uh, episode 134 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Uh, tomorrow, the next two days are going to be fantastic. We're going to dig deep into those PPs. I hope everyone's going to uh, get some help from us and crush your bets this weekend. For Paul Halloran. And Pete Visco, this is Howard Kravitz, episode 134 of the HHH Racing Podcast. We'll see everyone tomorrow, Wednesday night, for the Ladies' Day, Kentucky Oaks Day, covering this Friday's races. Take care, everyone. Good night.